0: Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. A group of Republican senators is condemning the Justice Department's attempts to silence dissent about gender transition surgeries for minors. Senator Ted Cruz led the group. They sent a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland saying his department has abused its authority to police speech in order to stifle the debate over gender transition surgeries for minors. The Senators are demanding the DOJ's communications with the American Academy of Pediatrics, American Medical Association and Children's Hospital Association. They say this is to conduct congressional oversight and bring accountability. Earlier today, a total of at least five on-duty police officers were shot across the country. This alarming trend brings to light the drastic increase of crime across our nation. Here to assess, we have Representative Diana Harshbarger. Congresswoman Diana Harshbarger, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yes, my pleasure.
0: Congresswoman, at least five police officers uh, were shot uh, this morning between Pennsylvania and Illinois. Uh, What do you think is the driving force behind this uh, lawlessness and rise in crime?
1: Well, it's depends on who's running the city or the state. And we're seeing that rise in crime in blue states. You know, they take their cue from leadership. And and I'm here to tell you, Steve, you look at Philadelphia, you look at uh, New York, you look at these places where they have Democratic leaders. And lawlessness breeds lawlessness. I say this all the time. Why would you even want to go into law enforcement when you face risk every day, just, you know, giving somebody a warrant or just going to check on domestic violence or uh, even a well check that you're not you're not going to come home to your loved ones. This is it's pathetic that they wouldn't have the backs of law enforcement in these areas.
0: Another issue for you here, some of your colleagues over in the Senate have raised concerns about the Department of Justice inserting itself to stifle free and open discussion, specifically on this issue with the regard to uh, life-altering gender reassignment surgery for minors. Uh, Are these social issues going to motivate people to vote in the midterms, do you think?
1: Well, it's certainly gonna motivate my district and any parent who loves their children you're gonna do what's right for your children. You know, in the state of Tennessee, Vanderbilt University is what is prevalent right now. When when you see uh, the words pediatric transgender clinic, all that in one sentence, you know, those two words should never be used together. Pediatric, pediatric and transgender, that should be a red flag. And some of the things that they've uncovered doing investigations there is that they have talked to children as young as six. Now, I have grandsons that are five and seven and you don't you want to rile a grandmother up or, or a mom and dad. That's how you do it. it is confuse, confuse those precious children as for them wondering what their gender identity is. Do you really think you're a boy? Do you really think you're a girl? That that is really it's an abomination and they stop that um, you know, the clinic from rendering any more services right now, but that's not the only place. There are many other clinics across this country. And yes, I get questioned about that every time I step out in any county I go to, because this is something that you you never heard of uh, even a few years ago, but also are some videos that say, this is a moneymaker. And uh, when you put children on puberty blockers and just let them see if that's going to help with the issue. They can decide, you know, what can they decide at six or seven years old? For God's sakes, what color shirt they wanna wear? Not if they think they're a girl or a boy. Like I say, common sense is not common and it's in short supply in DC and a lot of other states.
0: Congresswoman, uh, you sit on the education committee, uh, you've had a front row seat Uh, to the debate of what's being taught in schools throughout the country. Uh, There've been a number of culture wars playing out, whether it be comprehensive sex education or critical race theory. Where are these issues now in terms of being inserted uh, into classrooms nationwide?
1: Oh, it's a problem everywhere. You may think, and I have a lot of rural area in my district and you think that you're sheltered from that uh, because we're part of the Bible Belt here in East Tennessee but you're not, you know, the pronouns that these uh, young children or or older children in high school want to be called, but they don't want their parents to know, or vice versa. It's just, uh, these things have crept in. And that's why, to his face, the Secretary of Education, I said, if I had anything to do with it, sir, I would get rid of this whole department at the federal level and let the states handle it at the state levels and you saw what happened in virginia when they elected their governor governor yunkin he ran on education parents should absolutely have the say so in what their children are taught and what they choose to uh to learn and you know for them to call the parents the um you know have the doj to go after those parents and call call them terrorists or a threat is is just, it's unbelievable. And parents do have a huge part to play in their children's education because if the public sector fails in educating those children, then it's going to be school choice. Those parents are gonna take those children out, put them in Christian schools or other schools, charter schools, where they know they're gonna get the education that they deserve and that they want for their children.
0: Tennessee Congresswoman Diana Harshbarger, thank you. My pleasure. A new book that came out earlier this year examines the culture war taking place in our country today. It's called The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. Joining us to trace the origins of this cancel culture is the author of the book, AJ Rice. AJ Rice, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Brother Steve, great to be here, my friend. Now, I do wanna ask you about your book, uh, Woking Dead, excellent book. talking about woke culture and cancel culture, it seems to have only recently emerged in society. However, the concept of these ideologies has been around for a long time. How do you think we gradually got to this point?
2: Look, it's incremental totalitarianism, right? So they take an inch, they take a mile, they take an inch, they take a mile. I mean, look, there's always been political correctness. There has always been the nanny state. But with wokeism, I mean, look, at the core of this, it's cultural Marxism. So, in a a sense, you know, you can blame Murphy Brown and the Pantsuit uh, Gen X Mafia from the mid-90s all day long, but you really really have to go back to pre-World War I. And, you know, Marxists, they show up here, and they look around. They've got Marx in one hand. They've got Italian philosopher Antonio Gramsci in another. And they think to themselves, wow, this place has a thriving middle class. I'm not sure. We can get a workers' revolt here. Because you have to understand, and, and this audience knows this, most of the times when Marxists or you know any of its variations overthrow a, a, a kingdom or a government, it's usually a peasant revolt. So they knew they weren't going to get a peasant revolt from us because our blue-collar workers are patriotic. They fight in our wars. They, they, they probably fought in the Civil War. They fought in the Spanish-American War. They're about to fight in World War I. And it dawned on them, we need different foot soldiers. And Steve, you know who these guys are, because it's the same villains we're fighting today. They infiltrated academia, Broadway, the silent picture industry, which became Hollywood, academia. And then they found home in the Democrat Party of Margaret Sanger and Woodrow Wilson. And if you fast forward 100 years, it's the same people we're fighting. They are the Woking Dead. The only difference is, They've got the digital brown shirts now helping them censoring, deplatforming, demonetizing, shadow banning, and that would be big tech. Big tech kind of acts as the cartilage of the Woking dead. It, it's their force field. It, it 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 picks winners and losers. Whereas a hundred years ago, if you wanted to censor the Bible or Mark Twain or George Orwell, it took you know lawsuits and it took a long time because you know you're not stopping the printing press. Whereas today, you can knock. The president of the United States off of Twitter, you could knock Parler offline, you know, at the, with the flip of a switch. So, you know, we're, we're up against it. But, at, at, you know, my my theory is this. All revolutions eventually eat themselves. And I don't think the run of the mill person in America likes cancel culture, likes critical race theory. You know, they don't want Steve and Gary uh, or, or let's say Jim and Gary going into the women's locker rooms, right? They don't want that. They don't want the trans mafia coming after their children, grooming their children. So um, when you see people like Bill Maher, who by no means agrees with, with Lance and Rice on much, but when you see him out there saying, hey, stop this nonsense, James Carvel, stop this nonsense, we're going to lose if we keep going down this woke path, you know, that tells me something. It really does. It tells me that, that it's, it's the tyranny of the minority,
0: a lot of fascinating points, AJ. I mean, you mentioned academia um, and cultural Marxism. One of the incubators for this woke culture is on college campuses. What do you think college students can do to escape the grasps of this ideology that's just permeating?
2: Well, you know, I mean, I, I was in college right around the time of 9-11, so the late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, even back then, you know, I didn't have a smartphone. I couldn't videotape them the way I can videotape them now if I was there. Look, a lot of people, you have to make a choice. You go to war with your professor and you get a C. Wear a GoPro camera, right? Go in there like a police officer, (laughs) right? Uh, Bring your own syllabus. That's what I used to do. I was a crazy person. So the teacher on day one would hand out their crazy left-wing syllabus. And back then, it wasn't as nuts as today. And then on day two, I would hand out the counter syllabus. So, you know, if you don't want to read this garbage and that garbage, because I was in the humanities department. And that's the funny thing, uh, Steve. I mean, a lot of this woke craziness used to just be contained in the humanities department of some liberal arts college. But now it's in pre-K all the way up through, you know, law school. So we're fighting them now at every level. Uh, whereas in the past, you know, if you were an engineering student or you were trying to get an MBA, you really did run into this diversity, equity and inclusion garbage. But now it's everywhere. It's even in math, for God's sakes. I mean, it's crazy. But again, it looks like they have the power. They do not have the power. You have to fight back. You know, you could put your head down and do what the teacher says and get an A, but I don't think the people that watch this show, I don't think they're the compliant type.
0: A.J. Rice, author of the new book, The Woking Dead, really appreciate your time. Sir, you're a patriot, keep fighting. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.